Alright guys, welcome to episode 64 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Eva Castro. And this week we'll talk about what we've been watching. Talk about, uh, let's see, uh, playing Need for Speed Heat. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll talk about how I randomly started listening to nothing but the White Stripes. uh, Like a (laughs) psychopath in the year 2021. Um, talk about sports opera is what I'm going to call it. See, instead of soap <laughs> opera, sports opera, let's fucking go hard knocks. Um, we'll talk about fantasy football, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and which players we think are the best at each position and, you know, uh, a foot disease in, in, in equestrian mammal, um, <laughs> that doesn't even have fucking feet. And then lastly, uh, we'll just talk a quick, uh, we'll, we'll do a quick touch on, uh, two instances of someone just absolutely fumbling, like all of their opportunities, <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> blunder away incredible amounts of cash. Jesus. But first, Let's start with what we've been watching. Um, so, well, I guess watching and playing and listening to, but <laughs> what we've been watching <laughs> is what we're going to start with. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go first? Or I can go first. Or... Um, yeah, actually, I'll go first uh, just because what we've been watching. I've tried to watch like a few new shows. I mean, they've all been animated um, and comedies, but for whatever reason, like, they just haven't stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch like... Two or three episodes of Solar Opposites. That didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. I think it was too... Like, I... I think I... And it also might just be because I went straight from Rick and Morty to this. But it was like... I feel like it misses... Kind of like how we said, like, season four isn't as good as season three. Because yeah. it doesn't have that same tightness mm-hmm. to it. I think Solar Opposites doesn't really have any tightness. And it's kind of hard to say because it only, you know... I'll literally watch, like, the first two or three episodes, so maybe they're just trying to build some things. Mm -hmm. But, like, a lot of it was just, like, like, it was funny, but, like, it just didn't, like, at the end of the day, I was just like, eh, like, I I don't really know how to explain it. I just feel like there was some maybe lacking, like, tissue there, and I couldn't really attribute it to any one thing. But, like, it just kind of felt like a lesser version to me. Yeah, it's sort of missing like I mentioned it when we talked about it last time or when I you know when I watched it, it's missing the sort of like emotional core. It it seems not slapdash put together because I think it, it does work. You know, the stories make sense, but it feels like it sees the story as an obligation that it has to do. It's just like, "Oh, I have to check this box out," right? So it always, you know, right. I, I mentioned it, it'll be like, "Oh, I have to this will be part of the arc," right? So if if you're like want a tight story like some of the best Rick and Morty ones it's like it's not going to really hook you because it's more um I don't know it's like the same but different and I, and I feel like that's like you know and when, when I talked about it you know it's like the Simpsons and Futurama and American Dad and Family Guy were like they're so 
sometimes people can't do they can do one but they can't do the other like i know plenty of people who can do american dad but they don't do family guy or right. they do futurama they don't do the simpsons i do the simpsons i've never watched an episode of futurama and like i've tried to like give it a chance but but i've never like i've gotten in like a, a little bit and be like wow this isn't really like the same and i don't really like it so right you know i i get it you know because it's happened before yeah and it's just it's an odd thing you know what i mean like like at the end of the day like to go in like so certain that you're going to love something and then you're just like eh. like, like, like yeah it's just i don't know like i thought i was going to like it and then just like i watched like a couple episodes and they weren't like terrible but i was just like yeah like i don't i don't want to keep watching so i'm just not going to um the um which episode is it it's uh did they get into anything with like the tiny people in the wall did, did that happen yet no. so the kid the, the kid alien he like people piss him off and so he shrinks them and kidnaps them and he just throws them in like this like ant farm in the in his wall jesus and because they've already explored that because the one girl pissed him off and he shrunk her and then put her in a maze <laughs> yes yeah, yeah yeah so they've already yeah exactly except in this one so throughout the throughout the season it's like a, a background storyline and then right. in episode nine eight or nine it goes into detail like where the whole episode focuses on them and that's like gotcha. so good it's so so good so i would say if you could if you want to give it you know one chance i would say watch well fuck no because they introduce characters never mind never mind because i was gonna say that the, the main characters from that episode are like introduced like just intravenously throughout the episode and then the, that gotcha. after the season and then that episode becomes about you know them the thing in the wall yeah <clears throat> okay um <clears throat> yeah and then i also started a show called house broken um it's it's like about it's an animated comedy it's like about dogs that do like therapy sessions or whatever and it's like there's some there's right uh, i believe so yeah, yeah. I, I was watching it on hulu but yeah, uh, that, okay. that does sound right um i watched like three or four episodes of it and like they were i think the episodes on those are pretty short if i remember correctly mm-hmm. um and that's another one where it's like this is pretty good but like i just don't like there's nothing attaching me to it you know what i mean like I'm right, like, right. Ooh, let me go watch some more but it's funny because that one if you look at the um if you look at the like list of voice actors they got is, fucking just absolutely like. Isn't Jason Manzukas in that one too? Right? Yes, he is. Yeah. <laughs> and again, <laughs> and and he plays like he plays one cat that lives in like the house of this like old woman that doesn't take care of her house and has like a million cats. Like it's just like all the cats are just left to their own devices, like in the house, and she's so it's like Jay. Right, and also he plays, like, a gray cat who has, like, one eye, and he's, like, all fucking mangled looking, and I was like, yeah, that sounds right, like, that sounds like the Jason Mizuka's character, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, even if you look at the rest of that cast, it's, like, all people you know and recognize, and I'm just like, Jesus, like, you pulled all these people together, and then at the end of the day, I'm still just like, yeah, and, like, I don't finish it, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't fucking know what's wrong with me. Maybe I'm just burnt out on TV, or maybe maybe they're just missing something. But um, it's kind of hard to say, and I'm not I'm not qualified enough to point fingers at what it is. Yeah, well, you know, and then um, you know we talked about here before how like comedies, the first season is always really hard to nail, and like mm-hmm. you know I think I've mentioned that 
Rick and Morty and 30 Rock. And I forget one more that I mentioned are like the only ones who like they hit the ground like running, right? Where you right. go like, holy shit, like these, these, this thing came out fully formed in right. a way that a lot of the, com- you know, a lot of comedies, even the ones that I love, like Parks and Rec in The Office aren't. Oh, Parks and Rec is brutal in the first season. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, so, so Yeah. Okay. I've, I've, cause it's funny. Cause like I had, we had talked about the first season hitting the ground running thing, but uh-huh. like. I've literally told people, I was like, Parks and Rick is great. And they're like, I didn't like it. And I was like, that's because you started in season one. And you just got to push through that. <laughs> I know. I like had a every friend... single person I've ever recommended it to, I'm like, you're just going to have to hold that L for season one. But it gets great, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I, I, told, um, I told a friend to watch The Office. And, but I was always like, hey, skip season one. Just go to straight season two. And she's like, well, I can't because I'm a completionist. And something, something, something. And then she, like... And then a year later, I would be like, hey, like, did you watch The Office yet? Or we would bring up The Office. She's like, no, I haven't started it yet. Season one is terrible. I'm like, I, I told you to skip it. I'm like, yes, you want to be a completionist, but this is like, you're putting yourself through this, right? Like, it's a catch-22. It's like, you either enjoy shitty TV and you're a completionist, or you skip one and you're not a completionist. Like, you can't have both, right? You can't be a completionist and be like, this, all of this is great. I'm literally telling you season one is bad, right? right. At a minimum, it's okay. But then season two is fantastic and so on, right? Yeah, so, and it- I yeah. also am probably in the same boat. Though. Like, I... But the thing is, I think I'm more... As long as someone can tell me that it's, like, great beyond that. You know what I mean? Or that, like... Yeah. The thing is, is, like, I can point to... Season one of Always Sunny is not even, like... It, like, it's... It's it's serviceable, but it's not what it wants to be until later. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like, as long as you can point to some remarkable difference. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Rick and Morty, which is great in season one, you can say, like, in season two, like, they start to get, like, more thematic. You know what I mean? Like, like the scale gets grander while still being contained. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like all of these things, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, and so now I'm into it, if I wasn't into season one. But, like, Parks and Rec, like, off the top of my head, I can't even remember what changes necessarily, but I just, like... If someone can tell me specifically, like, no, season one's bad, but, like, you just got to get through it and then everything else is good after, like, I can do that. Now, if you tell me, like, the first four seasons are bad, but the last two seasons are great, I'm going to be like, suck my dick. Like, I'm yeah, not fucking yeah. Doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that is too much, yeah. But, uh, the thing is that these days, you know, even telling people, you know, stay through season one, it's only, you know, ten episodes. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're making me do that, like, blah, 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 right? Right. But I'm literally, it's like with The Office and Parks and Rec, I'm like, I'm literally telling you, this is like the peak of comedy of the last 20 years, and both right. of these shows just skip season one. Right. Yeah. I Like, hmm. I feel like if you're the type of person who can't power through one season, then you shouldn't be the type of person that's like, I need to watch every episode. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like, those two things go in hand. Like, the willpower to, to just come know with, that yeah. things get better, and you just want to have the full experience anyways. You know what I mean? Versus, right. like, just being like, oh, well, you know, fuck it. Like, I can't. It's like that every show is Breaking Bad. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that is that is true. That That's yeah. a funny little conundrum that, like, people can fall into there. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, but yeah, I, I tried to watch Solar Opposites. Didn't, didn't really like it. Tried to watch House Broken. Didn't. It wasn't bad. Like, neither one of them were bad, so, like, I'm sure they're perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and like I said, it could just be that I was coming off of Rick and Morty, which is amazing. So, you know, and now everything feels like a B movie. Right, um, right. But, yeah, I tried, I tried to watch a couple of things, just couldn't get into it. I'm sure I'll find something. 
Actually, I know I'll find something because there's a Netflix episode of Untold Stories about mm-hmm. the malice in the palace. Oh, and, I see uh, some people tweeting about that today. And my dad and I are going to watch that whenever we get the chance. Um, that'll probably be a couple weeks from now, but nice, that, nice that going to be fucking chef's kiss. Somebody was like, Netflix shelled out the bang because the NBA has tried to erase all footage of this ever happening. Mm-hmm. And the shit from the trailer is like crystal clear. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not even like shitty grainy camera footage. Like, it's mm-hmm. like straight up broadcast TV level footage. And people are mm-hmm. like, where the fuck did you get your hands on that from? <laughs> You're paying somebody's court fees to get the NBA is going to sue your ass into oblivion. <laughs> oh god, but yeah, so I'm definitely going to watch the mouse in the palace thing. Cool, cool. So, uh, so what have you been watching? Yeah, so this week, watch? yeah, so this past week, I watched uh, two movies and one episode of a TV show. I can keep the first. I can keep them all fairly short and just kind of give my thoughts, especially on the first one because it's the Suicide Squad. And okay. so this one, you know, it's released in theaters and HBO Max. It's part of HBO or Warner Brothers mutual dual release thing that they've been doing this year. Mm-hmm. And um, so this one, you know, it's a sequel reboot, kind of another attempt sort of at the Suicide Squad. And I think this ended up hurting it at the box office because it was kind of confusing for the normal you know, movie watcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one's directed, written and directed by James Gunn, who of course did all of the, or did both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. And he was a big influence in the Infinity War and um, Endgame movies. And um, the movie, I want to say, it's just, it's fantastic. I'll, I'll keep it spoiler free because I know, you know, people still want to watch it and it's on HBO Max through September 5th, I think, right? Cause I, yeah, 5th because okay. it would be a month. Yeah, and so... Um, but I watched it in theaters, and it was so good. It was fantastic. I think it from the from like the opening scene, it like hits the ground running. It sets up the stakes. You like know, and that's not the stakes, but it sets up the rules of the universe. You sort of know like what can happen at any moment. The jokes, um, I think, are funnier than the ones from Guardians Two. I thought I, I, people love Guardians Two, and I like the story of it. I, I didn't think it was. I thought the comedy was a little forced at times, but I, I thought that you know that was fine. But this one. Um, Feels a little bit less forced, but I mean, I, I think it, it's the, the jokes try to come so fast that I think it nails about three fourths of them. So you know, there, you right. know, for every three, there's a clunker there that you're just like, eh. But but whatever, because in the movie, it's just moving so fast, and there's so many characters, and they all do such a great job of being brought to life by the actors that I think you don't really care. You're like, ah, whatever. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep the train moving. Right. Um, I am. I'm trying to think what else I can say. Um, it's oh, it, it's incredibly violent. And so I, I love it because or I think I'm gonna, I love it and I think I'm going to love it for a long time because I was watching it and about halfway through, I thought, I, I'm 28. I was like, I am so jealous of these teen kids because when I was growing up, we got shit like Daredevil and Elektra, right? When I was 15 and 14, right? And I was like, I want to see like fucking like action, right? I want to see fucking violence, like, massive violence right. done done right, right? Like, Commando, like, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I want to see that kind of level. Like, I want to see a studio give somebody $200 million. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like, the Rambo, the shit, like, right, like, I was like, the, the, the 2008 Rambo, where he, like, goes into the Philippines or whatever, and he, like, kills all those people in the jungle and stuff, and it's, like, super violent. You're like, I want this, like, but, like, on a huge level. This is that movie. Um, did you ever watch that Rambo movie? I did not. I, I was more referring to the original ones of just like amazing, like violence and just like not caring. 
But like, I never saw that one. No. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so that one is like super. So they're like still fucking making Rambo movies. Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Um, I didn't see the last one, but I, I did, did see. Not either. I, I saw John Rambo, and that one is violent as fuck. But this movie, dude, it is. It's. I look. I look at it. And I'm like, he used all of his capital to make a 185 million dollar, just like splatterfest, like gory thing. Um, it's not a spoiler, but I tweeted out that I was like, right, think of a way that a human can be killed. Anyway, mm-hmm. right. A person is killed that way in Suicide Squad. <laughs> like literally anything. You uh, crushed, burned, electrocuted, shot, stabbed, macheted, corroded, decapitated, disemboweled, headshot, eaten, quartered, speared, <laughs> exploded, <laughs> axed, poisoned, drowned, literally dude, any kind of way that you can think a person can die. That's Eaten how they die shark? in Suicide Squad. That's a given. Eaten by a shark, uh, that's in there, dude. It, and <laughs> it is glorious, dude. So when you watch it, dude, just keep just just keep an eye out on that. Be like, wow, they killed that guy in a completely different way than that guy, and then they never killed another person that way again. <laughs> it, it's it's they, they it's just glorious. committed a whole world war worth of deaths, and, and not a single one was similar. Exactly, and and like maybe some maybe some people that's not their cup of tea, but for me, I it was like, how did it, it was kind of kind of like, how did this guy get this this studio to make this, right? Especially a studio that, you know, three or four years ago, I would say pre Deadpool, everything, the idea of something being rated R is just like, like mm-hmm. no way, right. right? Never. And I think the um, excuse me, um, the one two three punch of Deadpool, Logan, and Joker all sort of changed what could be done. I do think that they sort of overstepped their boundaries with this one and spending too much money on something that I think was a little bit commercially flimsy. Mm-hmm. But God bless them for trying. Because <laughs> it's it's like, I mean, like I watched it last Thursday. And then on Friday when I was working, I put up my phone, you know, right, right next to my laptop. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the opening scene. I think it's a blast. I think it's so cool. I think it like, it does, it, you like go like, fuck yeah movie, right? When the, when the uh, title card hits. Mm-hmm. And I ended up watching the whole movie again on my phone <laughs> because of how easy it just breezes. Like you know, I watched the opening scene, and then like twenty minutes later, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's been like thirty minutes. Let me pause it. I'm gonna go use the bathroom. I'll come back and play it." And then I played it. Another forty-five minutes go by. And I'm like, "Wow, okay." Like I kind of just watched the. All right, now let's finish up watching this movie. I'm already in the third act. Right. So the thing, and the thing is, it's like the thing that sucks is that it is commercially flimsy. I think uh, of no fault of its own. Right. Right. Like, right. If Warner Brothers hadn't fucked the first one in half so badly, like, I really feel like this would have been fine. Right. Or just call this one a sequel. Like, I think... Or even just give it, like, I don't know, like, even if it is a re... So, it... it, The problem is... Sorry, I I meant to go back to this and I had already forgotten, but I'm glad you brought up just making it a sequel. The thing is, is that, like... What am I looking for here? Like, it just tries to tread this weird middle ground, right? We're like, right. let's say Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was the only carryover. I-, I could still believe you calling it a reboot, right? right? But, like, what immediately threw me for confusion was that you brought back, what, Captain Boomerang? And yeah. I was like, he wasn't even, like, like I don't know that he was bad in the first one, but, like, I would have never been like, that's the guy you got to bring back. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. And not just him. Um, Rick Flagg, he was played by Oh, yeah, that's right. So you brought back, back like, three... Viola Davis, right? 
Right, yes. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, you're, you're bringing back, like, half the movie, but as, like, a reboot? Like, like, like let's like I said, if you'd have kept just Margot Robbie, I'd, you could have easily convinced me. Like, the explanation would have been super easy to just be like, yeah, she just does a good job as Harley Quinn. Like, we have her in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. We have her in mm-hmm. uh, Birds of um, Prey. Like, Birds she's, of just, Prey. Yep. she's just good as Harley Quinn, and we just keep it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you could, re- you could have reboot Batman and then, like, kept Christian Bale, probably, and then just, ex- like, had every other character be different. You know what I mean? Like, right. had a different playing person playing the Morgan Freeman thing, had a different person playing the Robin reveal or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like... Commissioner Gordon, like, if, if I didn't recognize any faces, but you just wanted to keep Christian Bale's Batman, you could have convinced me, like, it's just a reboot. And I'd have been like, okay. But, like, I to, think... to just fucking, like, bring back, like, half the cast and be like, ah, oh, not nah, reboot. Yeah, and I think you can keep one. I think more than one, right. and shit gets a little, like, uh, like, um, when James Bond was rebooted in 2006 with Daniel Craig, they kept Judi Dench as M from the Pierce Brosnan movies. Right. And nobody was like, what the fuck? I thought it was a different Bond. They just go, oh, we liked her as M. They must have liked her as M. So she's just like, you know, yeah. we, carried we over. We talked about that with uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah. They, so they're like, I mean, there's really nobody else who can do the role. He's a fan favorite. You bring him back, but that's it. But then if you bring back, like, the Rent guy, or you bring back <laughs> fucking Aunt May and she's, like, old, or you bring back any of the other characters from the Raimi ones, you go, wait, what the fuck? What happened here, right? Like, wait, right. so is this, like, a sequel, a reboot, right? People get in. And so, like, us, like, we get it. We go, oh, they, you know, J- um, James Gunn wanted to keep him because he liked the character. Or he liked, you know, Viola Davis is awesome, so, you know, you want to keep her as Amanda Waller. Or, you know, like we said, like like you said, Harley Quinn is great, so we want to keep her, right? So we get that because we go, you know, act, you know, like we know, we, we sort of, we know how the how the world turns in terms of making movies right. and shit. But if you're just Joe Schmo who, like, goes to the movies, you know, once a year and, like, goes like, yeah, sure, uh, Batman, there's a new Batman and it's been, like, three Batman since. You give it, you put this in front of them, they are like, what the fuck? Wait, am I having a, a stroke then? This already mm-hmm. happened, you know, five right. years ago? Right, exactly. It's just a it's a whole odd set of decisions that happened. But everything I've heard about the movie is that it's absolutely amazing. So, I mean, that's kind of why I said it was like uh, through no fault of its own. Where it was just like, right. this movie is great by all accounts from what I'm seeing. And yeah. just like, yeah, it's just like confused marketing a little bit. And, and then also, like, I, I think the movie's doing pretty poorly in the box office, right? Yeah. And yeah, it just also, hit with a perfect the, storm of shit. Like the HBO Max thing, the confusion around it in the first place. Not only the is COVID, there confusion yeah. around it, but the first one was bad. You know what I mean? Like it, right. That's mm-hmm. the other thing is that any of these other scenarios we talk about with Spider Man and um, James Bond, it wasn't like oh the last one or the only other one is straight up fucking garbage. <laughs> right, right, and and even with like um. Like with Casino Royale with James Bond, it opened sort of semi-small, right? But then they were like, no, this is a hard reboot, right? Like That's the thing. Like They go hard reboot. Mm-hmm. And you can't say that with this, right? But then you could also be like, wait, no, this is a sequel. That's going to be better. But you, it's not a sequel. But the movie sort of is – well, the movie doesn't really mention it. But the studio didn't go, this is not a sequel. Or they were like, it's not a sequel. And I'm like, well, why not? Just make it a sequel and make it easy on yourself. Because now you're right. going, it's not a sequel, it's not a reboot, it's just like another attempt at it, but we're keeping the same characters. It just ends up confusing people. But I think right. I think they, they 
sort of got excited to have James Gunn that they sort of let him do whatever, which is what they should have done would have been like, no, we're not bringing back Joel Kinnaman. No, we're not bringing back Viola Davis. Harley Quinn, that's it, right? Like, they should have... They yeah. needed somebody to sort of be like, hey, bro, look, do we want to make money or do we want to confuse the fuck out of people? And and honestly, like, I... Like you said, it's no fault of the movie. I'm glad that he stuck with it and he brought those people back because I think both all of the characters that he brought back are all improved. And even Rick Flagg, who I was like, well, him? By the end, you're like... Yeah, I can see that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, I, I am so glad that this movie exists this way that I go, well, he should have done this if you wanted to make it more commercially viable, but I'm okay with it not being commercially viable mm-hmm. because the movie that so exists glad they now... Didn't make those decisions. Right, because the movie that exists now, I think, is a sort of a... Not a lightning in a bottle, like I, you know, like I called Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's like a holy shit, they actually let him do it. And mm-hmm. I'm glad it exists this way because I don't think, I don't see and I don't think there will be another movie like this in a long, long time. Not yeah. not like, not like story-wise, joke-wise because I think it, it's what it does. I'm talking about like content-wise, like how violent it is and just how expensive it is and how much they put into it money-wise for how sort of weird and wacky it is. Right. Circling back, as far as, like, uh, just something you mentioned earlier, but it also kind of plays into, like, where you don't think this will ever be a thing again. Mm-hmm. Um, you were talking about how, like, you know, before Deadpool, Logan, and Joker, like, getting, like, a like a, a DC or Warner Brothers movie like this where it was, like, so violent and dark, right? Like, it was, like, never was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I can think of is that these... I don't know... All right, so... Having not done my research, uh, because I didn't know this is where this was going, um, but like Warner Brothers is in charge of the Injustice franchise, right? Yeah. Have you played any of the Injustice games? Um, I haven't played them, but my brother was playing them, and I was in the room, like I was watching the cutscenes and stuff. Okay. So aside from that, um, before there was Injustice games, uh, there was a game called Mortal Kombat versus DC. And it was literally Mortal Kombat, like, through, you know, just terrible game logic. Mortal Kombat characters got thrown into, you know, DC superhero world and vice versa. So, -hmm. like, you would fight Superman with Scorpion, and they were like, no fatalities. Like, and it's just like, (laughs) it's like, I get why you made that decision, but why the fuck did you even make this game then? Like, Right, right. Like, like... I'm not saying you should definitely allow Sub-Zero to rip Superman's spine out of his body. But I'm saying, if you're making a Mortal Kombat fighting game and throwing superheroes in it, what the fuck were you thinking if you weren't going to allow that? Like, like why did this pop into your head if that wasn't your first thought? You know what I mean? Like, right. you, the moment this idea came up in a meeting, right? Like, what if we had Mortal Kombat and DC superheroes... I'd have been like, well, are you going to let them, like, do fatalities on each other? And I'd be like, of course not. They're superheroes. And I'd be like, then why? Like, that's, that's like, as far as that meeting would have gone, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> are you going to do this? No. Choose something else then. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that this is the opposite of that, where J- James Gunn went into the room and he was like, hi, Warner Brothers. Thank you for meeting me. Or he, they were like, thank you for meeting us, James. You know, what are, what are your ideas you have? And he's like, well, a suicide steering was... wheel that doesn't just fly off the <laughs> <laughs> No new ideas. <laughs> um, 
And he was probably like, uh, they were like, Suicide Squad, James? And they were, he was like, um, can I make it super violent and like actually live up to the title? And they were like, sure. And he was like, oh, okay. And I feel like he just kept pushing and pushing. And nobody <laughs> and he wanted was like, Brothers at some point, they're going to have to. Right, exactly. Know. And then he made the movie he wanted to make. And probably like something he wanted, always wanted to make like at uh, Disney. But somebody was always like, Kevin Feige was always like, whoa, okay, hold on, bro. <laughs> right? And I feel like in this one, they probably just let him do whatever he wanted. Yeah, he never got the Konami uh, version of like them telling Hideo Kojima like you mocap the fucking horse. What are you doing? Like they, he never got that. right, right, he exactly. Never got that. Like exactly, like, you just like killed five people in this room all in separate ways that are extremely violent. What are you doing? Like no one ever came to him and said that. They were just like whatever he says. Like fund it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and I feel like that's how this was. Yeah. I mean, it sounds amazing. I'm definitely still excited to watch it. I think my wife and I are going to go watch it in a theater at some point. Just got to get someone to watch the kids. Which yeah. is fun. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Suicide Squad, definitely ready to see that. Um, what else? Uh, was there anything else you were wanting to talk about? I think you said- yeah, I'll hit my last two super, super fast. So I also watched um, in theaters The Green Knight, which is mm-hmm. the new movie by director David Lowry. And he does sort of like art house, artsy movies. Um, and this one stars Dev Patel Mm -hmm. as like a knight in like, um, King Arthur times. Okay. And, um, I really, really liked it. It's like, imagine like a super art, the artsiest version of like a King Arthur fable. And that's what this is. Um, I think it, it does everything it's trying to do with regards to like the themes of honor and legends and myths and stuff and like how those come to be i think it does them all really really well i just don't think that you know the like anybody's gonna be able to watch it and be like wow that was amazing i get it i think it's much more inaccessible Mm -hmm. um but i liked it and um i mean i I went into it thinking it was gonna be boring because everybody was just like wow that was so boring or like i heard it was really boring Mm -hmm. so i literally was like prepared to like i had snacks i had candy (laughs) i'm not gonna fucking fall asleep i'm gonna be chewing and and Maybe, I mean, I I never felt sleepy. I never felt, t- like, it was boring. It, like, took its time. Like, it was deliberate, right? Like, it sort of goes at its own speed. And right. it does what it needs to. But it's never slow. But it's never fast. It just stays at this decent clip. Which I think is very hard to, to maintain, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. And, um, so, yeah, so that, that, that was fine. That And, and, and I, I, I had a good, I, I don't want to say I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I, I liked where it took me thematically and what it made me think i don't know if it's something that i like enjoyed it was like, like a good the, film like, it was the best right exactly seen. exactly i just i don't see myself ever watching it again um right. but i i liked where it went what it took me and what it did um You're not gonna be the like, other thing, Ooh, this slow methodical part <laughs> right exactly i'm not gonna be looking it up on youtube for scenes and shit right <laughs> did you see the scene where he just you know, kind of talks about some things that are happening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Some noteworthy exposition. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was The Green Knight. And then um, the last thing I watched was Hard Knocks, Episode 1. Okay, was okay. Back, the Dallas Cowboys. Have you ever watched any of the Hard Knocks? Are you, like, a Hard Knocks annual viewer or anything? Not annually. I watched... Hmm. I watched a couple of them very early on. As a matter of fact, I think... The, I don't, I don't know how many times they've done the Cowboys, but I think, like, one of their maybe, like, first, like, three or four seasons was the Cowboys. Yeah. Maybe. I think it was, uh, 
2008 was the last time that it was the Cowboys? Yeah, it was like one of the... Yeah, without looking it up, I'm really not sure. But I know they had an early season that was the Cowboys, and I feel like I watched that one. Um, And then I watched like one or two after that, and then I was just like, eh, like... Like, I, I think at first it was like, oh, look, all this cool behind-the-scenes footage. And then, like, after I'd watched a couple seasons, I was like, kind of feel like I'm watching, like, sports soap opera. Like, I feel like some of these are probably, like, I, I don't know what it was. I feel like I just got the idea that, like, I'm not watching natural, legitimate footage. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Not, like, some of these things are being created for the show, for sure. Which was probably always the case, but, like, for whatever reason, it just hit me. Where I was like... Some of these conflicts are probably not actually conflicts. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm done watching it. <laughs> it so. looks like, yeah, the Cowboys were last on in 2008. Yep. Okay. So I wonder, when did they start? Do you know? 2001. Hmm. And they, that was the first time they were on also was 2008? Cowboys. Oh, no, no, 2002. And then they okay. had a five-year gap. And then they started back again in 2007. Okay, alright, so I did watch the Cowboys one in like 2002, like the second year was around. Um, and then I, I feel like at one point it was like the Texans. That could have also been like, I feel like it was the Texans. So I was like, oh, it's, yeah, the, the Texans, Texans were 2015. Okay, well maybe it wasn't that one. I don't know, I feel like maybe one of them, like the next time I went to watch it, it was like a team I absolutely did not care about. And I was just like, I'm good on this. And just never, <laughs> never got back around. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, this year, yeah, back with the Cowboys. Um, I so for me, I, I watch it every year, and I watch mm-hmm. it every year because it like it, it's weird because like ever since I was in high school, it always puts me in the football mood. Like every time watching it every week, I'm like, oh shit, like football's back, right, and stuff, and it sort of gets me hyped. So where the, when the last episode airs, I'm like, oh shit, football's about to start. It, it's mm-hmm. like a like a. I can say like an entry dish to football season, right? Right. And um, I mean, most of the time, like you said, nothing much happens in these episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, later on, sometimes they, a few of the seasons do a good job of like sticking with one player, and he's like, "Is he going to make the cut? Is he not going to make the cut? Um, or is he going to make the team? Is he going to get cut? Like, what's going to happen? Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Um, but then sometimes they don't, and like I think the seasons that don't have like one guy you can cheer for are the ones that sort of. Um, don't stick or you don't really like um but you know it it must have been is like montages of people hitting pads set to the music and like slow motion football in the air like a spiral or whatever or coaches you know walking around flip-flops and being like whoa what the fuck you know like like cussing and shit um so i wouldn't say like dude you have to watch it it's must watch tv but for me it's like a more like a mood thing where like i just turn it on and i'm like football's back right like it's sort of helps me switch my mind to getting ready for the football season. So, um, I mean, the, the, by the time this comes out, it'll be like almost over. So like episode one was just like, like, you know, like, Oh, you know, uh, Dax, but he's a player this way. He's like playing this way or that way. Oh, Zeke's in a good shape. Oh, you know, preparing for this, you know, mm-hmm. preparing for that, you know? So it, it, it's not like life changing TV, but if you are somebody who wants to get into the football mood, you know, or maybe who you like, want to be like yeah just like watch just you know like an nfl documentary this would be a good place to start um and i think they usually go for five episodes so five episodes four weeks and you know you'll get um football the football feeling back 
Yeah, so looking at the list now, I realize that the one I watched was actually not the 2002, it was 2008. Um, I did watch that one, which was the second season after The Big Gap, because I probably didn't even realize that it was a thing before that, um, if that makes sense. Because I looked at it, and it was like uh, storylines in the 2008 one, and it said, quarterback Adam Pacman Jones reinstatement in the NFL. And I remember watching him catch, like, fucking ten punts in a row. Like, holding each ball each time. Oh, and being right, like, what yeah, the yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. It's happening. Like, 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 he, like, catch one, stuff it under his arm, catch another one. And he had, like, three under each arm. He had, like, two between his knees, like, one between his feet, and then, like, still, like, waddled over and caught the next one. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Um,. <laughs> But, oh, do you remember um, the two years ago when it was the one with the Raiders with the whole Antonio Brown thing? I, I I didn't watch that one, but I can only imagine it was amazing. Yeah, so like you know, it was it was so weird because like you would hear news and they'd be like, "Oh, he's got frostbite," and then like a week later you would watch the episode and you would see like them tell what's his name, the coach, <laughs> uh, John Gruden, be like, yeah. "Hey, he's like, he was in the machine for too long. He's got frostbite." And you'd be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> right, and then like a week later, you would see some other, some other wacky news. You'd be like, "Oh shit!" In a week, Hard Knocks is gonna be lit, and it was just um, <laughs> that was a great season for that reason. That's amazing. Yeah, this, this next episode is gonna be wild. <laughs> like, I wonder what he's gonna think about Antonio Brown refusing to play with a new helmet. <laughs> <laughs> that that was it. Yeah, yeah. That, this is the helmet news. I'm looking at the storylines. Um, so yeah, so it, sometimes you know you get lucky, you get that. Um, I think about like seven or no. I think maybe like 11 years ago, when was the Jets? The Jets, that one was amazing. That one was awesome. Mm-hmm. That was when they had... Um, Rex Ryan, correct? Rex Ryan and the Antonio Cromartie with all the kids and uh, Darrell Revis and his contract holdout. So sometimes you get, um, you know, you get lucky and get like a really good season where it's like that. And then sometimes you get ones where it's like the Bucks. I don't even remember the Bucks in 2017. Like they... they like. I don't remember who the coach... Like, you know, there's, like, nothing that, like, sticks out from that one, right? Yeah, so looking at this list, I feel like probably where I fell off was that, like, it went Cowboys to Bengals. I probably didn't care about the Bengals much, but still watched it just off the fucking strength of the last one. And then it was the Jets, which was good. And then there was, like, a there was like a knockoff one. Or not knockoff one, but, like, because the... And it says there's uh, the NFL labor situation. Um, they oh, didn't yeah, the stick with a specific team yep and then the very next one was the miami dolphins i don't give a fuck about the miami dolphins so then i had two years without it and i was just like hey, well, all right i don't give a shit now like now it's just off the radar for me <laughs> but uh but yeah so nfl hard knocks season one so so far it's looking good though yeah i mean it's just like also, hard knocks yeah plus i feel like there's always just the added benefit of when it's your team you know what i mean like there's just right like, yes like, well all right now like that 2012 Miami Dolphins one, like, I, I don't know how well it did, but, like, I'm sure Dolphins fans were fucking ecstatic, like, all five of them. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> like, uh, and and I like watching it, because then sometimes in fantasy, the people who watch it are always like, I gotta pick that guy up. Like, right now, after watching <laughs> after watching episode one, they're like, Zeke's in the best shape of his life. I'm like, number one, he's won one, round one, pick one, let's go, Zeke. <laughs> oh, God, that's amazing. Every time... That's like my least favorite thing of all time is any athlete being like, I'm in the best shape of my life. No, you're not, bro. You're, in your, you're, in, you're a fucking like 15-year NBA veteran. You're not in the best shape of your and life. And that's what I'm – yeah. And that that's like 
if I was somebody who's like coming back after a contract and want to like reshape my image, I would ask my team to be on hard knocks because that's all you can be like. <laughs> I'm in such a good shape. Show this montage of me doing those little like leg exercises where they go over the ropes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, Hard Knocks, maybe maybe I will watch it. What is it? Uh, it's on HBO? Yeah, HBO. Yep. All right, well, I have HBO Max now, so maybe, I, maybe I'll give it a watch. Um, I hadn't been, but maybe I will. Yeah. Um, it's see, good background stuff, too. Like, if you like, you don't have to like be like, I'm going to sit down and watch Hard Knocks, right? You can be like, I'm going to put it on while I cook or while I like clean up the, the house after, the, you know, when the kids are asleep or something. You can just have it right. on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the two things I want to talk about super quick, though, are... Mm-hmm. Um, I randomly started playing Need for Speed Heat again, which is old. I think it's like two or three years old now. Um, mm-hmm. That may be a stretch. It may not be that old. I don't know. Um, either way, I started playing Need for Speed Heat again uh, just because a friend bought it. And I, was, I, I forgot. That game's a fucking banger. Um, like the Need for Speed in 2015 kind of like tried to do the underground thing. It didn't, it didn't, let's put it this way. It didn't commit to it fully, but it also didn't like ape it super hard so it's like it, you're not mad at it right like it'd be one thing if it was like need for speed underground three but then it like doesn't go as ridiculous as underground did you'd be like what mm-hmm. are you doing that's like what we're here for so this was like <laughs> this was like a, a reboot almost like it's hard to call an any need for speed game a reboot when they don't have like stories or characters that are consistent but like it felt like them being like all right we need to like go back to what what made this, like, blow up. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Because there were Need for Speed games for years before Underground and Most Wanted and all those. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember. And they were, like, more basic. But, like, I feel like, you know, Underground, Underground 2, and Most Wanted are what made it blow up out of control, right? And so, like, I feel like 2015 Need for Speed was then being like, all right, let's, let's, let's take a step back and try and think about, like, how we got to the point where people were always wanting a new Need for Speed game. And then Need for Speed Heat is just kind of an expansion on that, kind of in the same way that Underground 2 was an expansion on Underground, which is that, like, we're giving you a little bit more. It's it's still much more in line and tasteful. Uh, tasteful is a weird word, because it's not like fucking... Underground 2 is, like, putting dick jokes on your car or anything, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it was less... There are not spinners in, in Need for Speed Heat. Um, also, that could just be the times, because spinners were just a, a big deal... When Underground 2 came out. Maybe we right, were just yeah. fucking bugging when Need for Speed <laughs> Underground 2 came out. Like, as a society, people were just out of control. Um, but either way. the need for spinners. <laughs> but he is just a really solid, I think, like, expansion upon that. And I, and I really love it. Um, so, went back to playing that. Uh, it's super fun. Um, I think my friend bought it because it was, like, super cheap on sale. So, I mean, if you've... If there's any part of you that's like, I would kind of like to play a D for Speed game, and you find it super cheap on sale, definitely worth it. Um, <laughs> the other thing is, is that uh, very quickly. I, oh, I, uh, super super quick nugget here. It might not be by the time you're listening to this, but uh, in on GameStop, The Last of Us Two is nineteen ninety nine. The mm. PS4. So just a little, because you were talking about a cheap, you know, seeing it cheap, and I was like, I, I saw something about a cheap game today, and that's what it was. But sorry, continue. I just wanted to put that in case somebody was like on the fence when it was thirty bucks. Now it's like yeah. now you have no excuse, bro. So sorry, continue. Yeah, I'm also I'm sure you can find a used copy of Need for Speed Heat very cheap at this point. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely give it a shot if you're at all interested. Um, uh, the last thing I was gonna say is is for whatever reason, um, 
I mean, I can tell you exactly what reason I started listening to Blue Oyster Cult because of fucking Returnal. But um, that led me uh, down this path of listening to, like, rock songs that I like, which are, is an odd thing for me because, like, as we've done this podcast, you've only ever heard me talk about rap music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have randomly been listening to nothing but, like, The White Stripes for, like, two weeks <laughs> now. They're fucking amazing. I know this is like super old and everyone else is like, yeah, duh. That's why they were popular. <laughs> I don't care. Like I, Seven Nation Army, first of all, banger regardless. Like everyone loves Seven Nation Army, I feel like. That was the one where I was like, let's put it this way. That's the one where I was like, yeah, I know that song. Like I know that song word for word. It's Seven Nation Army. I, I, but like going through even the rest of their catalog, I even like to this whole like Wikipedia deep dive. Cause like I knew <laughs> they had been married and gotten divorced. So I was like, ah, oh, that must be why they stopped making music. It's like, no, they got divorced before they were ever even a big deal. And they were just like, we still want to make the band work and just did it. And it wasn't even like tumultuous. They were just like, yeah, like we're just an ex couple in a band. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, that's like, sorry, mentally hilarious. Um, <laughs> but like, that's, that's insane to me, but I mean, more power to him. It obviously worked. Uh, but like a lot of their shit, he, Jack White has such a unique voice. Like and just, like, the style of all of it is, is very unique, and I'm a super huge fan. Um, so, yeah, I've been listening to cool. White Stripes. Your boy, listening to White Stripes in my fucking flat bill hat and Tim's. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, that's it. Uh, we, we've kind of run on long on this one, but let's go ahead and quickly move to uh, our fantasy football starting soon. Yeah, so, yeah, so... Like, you know, I mentioned Hard Knocks comes back, which means the football comes back. It's kind of like, you know, the the f- the few budding leaves of of spring, except for football. And with right. that comes, yeah. you know, fantasy football. Yeah. Um, And so I just wanted to, you know, talk about it a little bit, sort of what you think about when you draft, and, and, and then we can give our top players for each position. Um, I think the draft is so interesting because, you know, for me, whenever I'm drafting, I don't go, oh, you know, like, this is it. Like, I'm drafting the the, the my the team that's going to win right now, right? Because right. I know by the end of the season, literally, my team looks like completely different. Right, exactly. But I do think you have to get at least one or two studs to even have a chance. Yeah, you have to draft, like, either your star player that you draft, like your first round pick, or if you're drafting at the end of the draft, like, one of those first two really have to just, like, shine all season. Right. And then, you know, if if your first two picks all shine, then you're fucking set. But even, like, as long as you just, I feel like it hit, like, one or two of those out of your, like, top three or four. It's like, you get those, you're looking pretty good. And then it's all about either late in the draft or just early on in like the waiver wire, like picking up the one guy who ends up having a huge season that no one expected. Like right. That's, exactly. That's such a big deal. It's like, exactly. Yeah, even if you don't draft him, if you pick him up in like week three and then yep. he's just like a stud from week three out, you're like, mm, fucking yeah. thumbs up on that one. I'm ready to fucking go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then some examples for both. Like, so I got, um, last year, I did well, but this only because I had Devontae Adams. And that dude, like, any time that my team was, like, 
down by like 15. I was like, fuck, dude, I'm going to lose this week. This fucking sucks mm-hmm. ass so much. I hate it so much. Dude drops 30, right? right. Like, he was at, he 150 yards, three touchdowns, no fucking problem. Like, dude, he like killed it, right? But then also last year, I was able to pick up James Robinson, the running back for the Jaguars. And mm-hmm. that dude, he never put up huge numbers. He never put up, like, I think more than 15, but he also never put up less than 10. So mm-hmm. he's just like every week, 10, 11, 12, 10, you know, right. boom, which is consistent. Maybe 17 here, but always just like right around the like lower teens. Mm-hmm. So I think um, you're totally right. I think finding somebody, like, being the, the week one waiver wire is huge. Um, you know, you can pick up a guy who just burst onto the scene, like Aaron Foster, when he first came on, you know, mm-hmm. um, I remember I drafted, uh, Patrick Mahomes when he, that his MVP season, yeah, and I was like, well, I, I think who was my, uh, Jared Goff, Jared Goff was my quarterback. I remember I drafted him and I was like, well, you know, here's another starter, you know, it doesn't hurt Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he might be, he might be okay. So I drafted him and then he went off and then, uh, um, like there were a couple of times like, I'm not sure who to start. And I was like. And then last year it happened again with Kyler Murray, where I picked right. up some. I picked up somebody early on, and then I was like, I think I dropped eh. Kyler Murray at some point, maybe. I, I can't yeah, let me pick up Kyler year. Murray. He might be good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, who was it? It was somebody. It was was it Jameis? It was somebody who I just kept getting pissed off because every time I think I had Jameis two years ago. I had Jameis, yes, I had Jameis two years ago, and literally I, he would like one week he would be he would put up ten and I'd be like, dude, I'm not starting you. And then I put him on the bench and then he would put up thirty and he'd be like, all right, Jameis, I'm giving you one more chance. And I would put him on the I would start him and he would put up like fifteen and be like, Jameis, you fucked me again. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> so like I'm trying to think off the top of my head. So I remember the most devastated I will ever be, and I remember this. And I don't remember the year it was, but I, I never. I don't even remember if it was in our league or if it was in another. But like, I always prioritize running backs over wide receivers, like because because at the end of the day, even your star wide receivers are like. I just feel like wide receivers are more volatile. Like you know what I mean? Like like your star wide receiver mm-hmm. has a bad game and he gets like three catches for 30 yards, which fucking right. blows. You, your, your star running back, if it's like a star running back, yeah, gets a bad game, and he still got like 20, you know, 20 touches, if that's what... Right, you know give what I mean? you 10 points. Right, which is going to give you like, you know, 10 points, you might get a goal line, you know, rush because of whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like there are more opportunities for your running back to just kind of fall into the correct amount of points, whereas, like, a wide receiver can get, you know, really leave you hanging. And and, and it happens. You know what I mean? You have a stud, and, like, he'll randomly give you, like, four points a week, and you're like, I think I'm going to just fucking trade you. Like, <laughs> like, I don't ever want to look at you ever again. Like, I don't care that you've been the stud for me for the past five weeks. You gave me four points this week when I needed more, and you, you just yeah. absolutely killed me. Um, so, anyways, I'd always prioritize running backs more. Bro, the one year I drafted high enough, I was like, "I'm gonna get Calvin Johnson." Got him. It was the one year he fucking like I think he like broke uh, was his ankle and was like out the oh. whole season. I was like, "You have played through all your injuries your whole career, <laughs> and the one year I draft you, like you get hurt." I feel like it was the first game. Or maybe even before the season. I don't know. Oh, those were the worst, dude. And I feel and so he was out for the season. Where that happens. I was so fucking mad. I was like, I knew I shouldn't have picked this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, Christian McCaffrey last year. 
I think yeah, he got hurt. And like I think a couple years ago, our friend Sean. He oh um, picked up Le'Veon Bell and he. Yes, him and play. I were one and two, and because... he picked Le'Veon Bell at one, and then he never even played it down that year. I think that was the whole year that he had his contract shit. Yeah, and the thing was, is the whole year, like, they knew he was holding out, right? Like, every single news organization, ESPN, fucking Yahoo, every sports reporter was like, he's holding out, but we're all, like, 90, at least, like, 98% sure he's going to play this year. You know what right, I mean? Right, because it's like, never happened no where they held out and hold stayed out. out the whole season. Right, you know? like, there's like, no way. They always come they, back. And, and, like, even, like, as the season started, they were like, he will definitely be back before season four because if he's not, then this thing happens. And right, he was just right. like, deuces, the whole season shot right, every exactly. week. Was like, oh, it's cool. I don't have my number one pick. Literally the one time that, yeah, he, that he kept that, him on his bench him. the whole year. Like, I don't think he ever released him either. He was just like, he kept him there. as just like a trophy of like how I got screwed. Yeah, I mean, well, you never know because like, so last year, I think um, George Kittle... He got hurt early on, and I think whoever had him in our league dropped him. And I picked him up like in the last two weeks of the play of the of the of the year because he came back for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, maybe that's what he, Sean was waiting for. He was just waiting for him to come back and mm-hmm. tear it up, and, and which never. Happened. Yeah, but it sucks um, because I remember Sean had the first pick. He picks him. I pick second. I picked Todd Gurley, and I think Todd Gurley like averaged like twenty points per week right. that season. So it's like. It's ultimately, I think drafting and just fantasy in in general is like sixty percent like skill, like or like knowing who to pick, and then forty percent just luck, like literally like luck, like right, like we always talk about, you know, always being the guy who scores the most points, other than one other guy, and that's the guy you're facing, right? Like that. There's always those moments. Um, Yeah, we're like, I I remember last year was rough. It ended up balancing out over the last, like, few weeks. But I feel like up until, like, week eight, I was, like, third. Like, second or third in points four. And then, like, still was, like, in last place. Right, and, like, first in points against. I was the second or third most points. And, like, I'm just sitting sitting here at the bottom of the fucking scoreboard. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. But, but do you want to uh, run through our players? We yeah, do? absolutely. Yeah, so we can do, uh, let's do quarterback first. I yep. think we we are the same in this one. Yep. And I Mahomes. said uh, Patrick Mahomes. Has to be. If you yes. choose anybody else other than Patrick Mahomes, the only answer I could feel like pop, maybe, maybe Dak, and maybe Lamar, uh, because just the running, like, can really just change, you know right. what I mean? Like how, or jo- sorry, not Dak. Take Dak out of this. I would say Lamar or Josh Allen. Um yes. Those two were the ones where I'm like, those are the only two that could even remotely get into it because of the rushing, uh, yeah. you know, part of their game. But even still, I feel like you just have to trust that you're getting a more consistent, um, you know, like, like, it would not surprise me if at the end of the year, like Josh Allen or Lamar had like one of the highest totals for one week, but Patrick Mahomes is going to consistently get you close. You know what I mean? Right, so like the right. highest every week. And so that I feel like you just have to pick him. Yeah. Kind of like how you were talking about wide receivers. Like, you know, Patrick will put up or he'll put up 20 between 20 and 25 every single week, mm-hmm. but everybody else will put up, you know, 30 now and then maybe 15. Right. Like, right. If, and I think I would probably put Lamar ahead of, 
Patrick Mahomes if they would have made some sort of big splashy move for yeah. like a Stephon Diggs, right? Or a Devontae Adams. I mean, you know, nobody's giving up Devontae. I think he's the number one wide receiver. Well, spoiler. But anyway, so, you know, <laughs> um, or Julio Jones, right? Even a guy who's maybe right. not where he was, like Julio Jones, but they never made a, a play for even, you know, a high caliber wide receiver. They just kind mm-hmm. of, like an Amari Cooper or something, right? They just kind of stuck with what, what, what they have. So I think. Jones landed in Tennessee, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, and with Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, we saw what that does to a quarterback. I mean, we saw Josh Allen. I mean, I know he got, he probably himself is better, he, but it doesn't hurt to have Stephon Diggs, right? Right. Well, I mean, he also has the number one slot option in the league. So, <laughs> shout out to my man, Cole Beasley. Uh, 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 um, <laughs> so. yeah, so Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah, I think we're both in agreement in terms that he'll be the most consistent, like, Every week, this is what you're getting, and then at the end, you'll, you'll have the most points. Even though some other guys might have, like, like you said, you know, bigger, maybe week ten for Josh Allen, he'll put up forty five, right? Right. Um, and Patrick might not crack thirty, but he'll give you twenty to twenty five every single week. Right, hundred percent. All right, so wide receiver, uh, you showed your hand early. Yes, uh, I and, so, <laughs> and told us that you thought Devonte Adams is the number one receiver in the league. Yes, so I got Devonte Adams, and you have. Tyreek Hill. Also, okay. uh, just I don't think it it changes my answer a little bit, and I'm I'm assuming I did this the right way. But we are talking about fantasy, correct? Yes, In yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantasy. yeah, okay, yeah. So, um, you know, this one was so this one actually I would say I was probably like 60-40, 55-45, like kind of towards Devonte, but in the interest of like you know switching it up a little bit. Like Tyreek, I think is definitely number two. Like, like I think I think Devonte Adams and Tyreek are at the top, and then there's like a, a gap before you get to third place. You know yep. what I mean? Like, yeah, not, not even like in terms of huge. skills, right? Just in terms of guys who can just like light it up. Right. I mean, Devonte Adams is absolutely. Amazing. I think Devonte Adams is probably a better receiver than Tyreek Hill, but at the end of the day. Tyreek Hill is like one of the fastest fucking people in the NFL, and you got a dude who's got an arm, whether he's, you know, in the pocket, on the run, falling down, laying horizontally, doing, doing a handstand, like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. <laughs> he can launch the ball like 60 yards down the field. So, you know, I feel like that pairing just lends itself well to, uh, to fantasy in terms of, you know, Tyreek Hill's production. So, though, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and, and I feel like, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, Devontae Adams, like, dude, he, he would literally just, like, I think he had, I think, like, three or four games where he had three touchdowns. Like, he would mm-hmm. just be like, boom, he, he, here, he, Aaron Rodgers, I would be, I would be watching, he'd just, like, be at the 20 yard line, he'd just throw it up in the end zone, dude just goes up and grabs it, right? Right. Like, and maybe, it, maybe it's like one of those things where, like, I only feel like he's the best wide receiver in football because, like, I was very, like, attentive to his stats last year right like i would be like oh my gosh oh my god he had you know three catches 80 yards and three touchdowns or he had you know 10 catches 150 yards and a touchdown right just because i i had to follow along right maybe somebody who had like stefan diggs i had tyree kill and i can tell you uh week 12 he had i just looked it up i remember this week he went absolutely insane i think he came out the game at halftime um he had 13 receptions uh, for 270 yards and three Jesus touchdowns, and that was like halftime. <laughs> I want to say it was like halftime or like early in the third quarter. He got like that last 
touchdown. And I was like, oh, please keep going. And he did not. Like, <laughs> they, they were like, they're like, get you at the game, dog. Like, like we got this one under wraps. <laughs> you don't have to keep playing. But, I mean, he had, let's see, one, two, five, six, ten, eleven. He had 13 touchdowns. And, I mean, had, like, consistently 70 yards, at least. And then, you know, had, you know, games where he had, you know, over 100. So, like, from that standpoint, like, same what you said with uh, Devontae Adams. Like, Tyreek Hill, I remember last year being, like, mm, right in my fucking wheelhouse. Right. And you, like, you being just like, let's go. Like, you know, like, <laughs> right, let me see if I can. I'm trying to look at Devontae's last year. He had two in game? two points in week six. He had two points. He had a stinker in week six. And then he had he only had three weeks in single digits as a wide receiver. Every other week was like 10, 15, 15, 14, and 21, 23, 22, 44. Yeah. Like I was like Tyreek Hill's bringing me to the promised land. Um, you know, and I still fucking didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> um Trust. here we go where is it come on give me just i just want the fucking season per season shit man anyway he had 18 touchdowns last year Whew. jesus and i thought tyreek with 13 was going yeah Fuck. Like, that's so many <laughs> like, that's yeah. so many that's fucking nuts because and the thing is like if you go that running back had 18 i go wow that's a lot but then i go well you know you can just literally get at the goal line and just give it to the dude every single time, right? Right, and they they do that to some degree. You know what I mean? It's not like that's like a thing that doesn't actually happen, right? But like for wide receiver, I think it wouldn't surprise me. I think that's like top five all time. Like I think you know it's uh, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, and probably like him right around there, like eighteen. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, that is impressive. Um, yeah. So yeah. And so this okay, and then this next one I think is hard. This next category is hard because I think. Uh, so, uh, to give you, the listener, some background information, I have the number one pick in our child, in our, in our friend group, um, in our fantasy um, group, um, and I feel like, I don't know what I'm going to do, because <laughs> I, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a running back, it has to be, right? But I don't, there's, I, I feel like there's no clear consensus, number one, like there have been in some years past, yeah. and I feel like one of the two guys that I'm about to say right now might be the guy that I pick. Okay. And so mine is Derrick Henry. Okay. For running back, sorry. Right, yeah. So Derrick Henry is an absolute workhorse. And so, like, the way I talked about, you know, like, you, your star running back is a much higher floor. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. ceiling may not be there. Like, I don't think any I don't think any running back is going to put up 270 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like that's off the table. Tyreek Hill did that. There's going to be no running back. But your floor is much higher, if, especially... Especially if it's the Titans, where, you know, our whole game plan kind of predicates on, you know, like, I'm not saying Ryan Tannehill is bad, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. Um, and he's extremely efficient, but I feel like to make that, uh, to get the most out of that as you can, you just need to make sure that people are worried about you running on them. Uh, enter Derrick Henry. Yep. Uh, so, definitely on that. Mine is Christian McCaffrey. And I think... <sighs> He was hurt last year. Yep, yep. And the thing is, is this is this is a very risky one, right? This is like the, this is the wide receiver of running backs, where like this could all go to shit, right? Because the injury, like, God, what was the injury? What? 
Is it SCL? Right, so he may not come back the same guy. I mean, like, generally they do, but, like, you never know, especially with running backs because the amount of punishment they take. But Christian McCaffrey before that was just absolutely, like, win your league. Like, like right. Christian oh, McCaffrey yeah. was dropping, like, 40 points a week. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> and the thing with him is, like... I remember Allred had him. And I was like, Bro, how the fuck am I supposed to win? Like, you start with, like, a fucking 30-point <laughs> lead because you have Christian McCaffrey. Like, what am I supposed to do? Uh-huh. And I think... He, and, and, and he's so interesting because, you know... We don't do PPR, so no people. Some people do PPR, some people don't. We've never done it, but I think he is so interesting because anytime you get somebody who get, you know, if he rushes for fifteen, you know, fifteen, fifteen rush attempts, forty yards, right? You go, well, he only had four points, but then you go, oh wait, he also caught eight balls for fifty yards, right? Right. Boom, almost ten points right there. So right. if you, ha- you know, for the longest time, I know they changed up how they used him, but Zeke was pretty much just a, a rushing running back i think they've incorporated him more into the passing offense but i think anytime you get a guy like christian mccaffrey who can do both Mm -hmm. that's huge and i think i'm pretty sure the quarterback he had when he put up those like really good stats was like a bum so i think you know sam darnold is who i think is also a bum so it should be fine (laughs) uh why why are you trying to attack carolina fans like that (laughs) they they didn't deserve that because they could have had what's his name justin fields and they went with sam darnold fucking goofballs um yeah that's rough yeah so, so I, I i really don't know i mean i'll just probably look at a bunch of draft boards and then do like a consensus one but yeah but that's that's like i said that's hard because he, it, it that one's much less much more uncertain than the derrick henry one right like the derrick henry right. one i feel like is a pretty solid like let's put it this way you pick Christian McCaffrey, he has a bad year. People are like, what the fuck were you doing? Like, you, he was hurt last year. You know, like, he has a bum at quarterback. Right, right. I don't know anybody else on the team. The team sucks. They're like, team sucks. Yeah. Right. So, it's like, why did you think he was going to have a big year? You pick Derrick Henry and he has a bad year, people are going to be like, no, I get it. Like, like you still made the right choice. It's kind of like we talked about with, uh, it's not the same, but, like, the Rockets picked Akeem Olajuwon while Michael Jordan was oh, on right. the board. Oh, yes, yeah. And yep. people were just like, uh, that makes sense. Like, 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 no one was like, "Why didn't you pick Michael Jordan the best of all time?" Right, like, right. Hakeem like, was that. That was correct. Like, like, like your like, logic course, was sound, and so you're allowed to continue without ridicule. Right, right. And like, of course, if they go back, mm. they pick Michael Jordan. But nobody goes. You absolutely do, right? Like, like, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, everyone, everyone. It's like if you put your shoe, put yourself in their shoes, like that makes sense. Like, yeah. like there's a chance I would have also picked Hakeem Olajuwon. You know what I mean? Like, Right. So, right. Knowing what so, I knew then, I would have done that, right? right? But it's not a bad pick, right? Like, right. And I feel like, yeah. But not so, bad. <laughs> and the thing that sucks about it, dude, is that, well, we do snake draft. So, of course, and there's 10 of us. So, if I don't nail this number one, Woo! I'm not getting the next fucking 19 best players, right? So For four years, I tried to pick because we, we choose horses in the Kentucky Derby, and that is how we determine our draft orders, how, what order they finish it. Yeah. For years, I was like, "Let me get this horse in last place." Like, it's like well, I that's love what the- I tried to do. That's what I tried to do because so I won last year, which means so and we, and then for us to pick the horse, we did like a reverse, and yeah. so everybody else picked ahead of me in picking a horse. So I was like, "Hey, right, cool, fuck yeah, I'm gonna pick a horse right in the middle. I'm gonna end up right in the middle." And the motherfucker got second place. Like, yeah. dude, like what? Well, see, <sighs> the thing is, is like in my opinion, 
the last place I want to be is directly in the middle. Like, I do not want to be fourth or fifth. I either want to be first or second or seventh or eighth. Mm-hmm. Like, Interesting. I, I do not like the idea. Like, there's too much uncertainty in the other spots. Right? Like, like your right. first or second, you're like, I know who I'm going to get. If you're seventh or if you're like, you know, seventh or eighth and you're getting also the ninth or tenth pick, it's like... I, I can make my decision because I know exactly what's going to be there, right? Like, even if something gets taken, I know that I have two picks in a row. So I can, like, figure out exactly what I want to do very quickly with these next two picks. Yeah. But I can imagine being, like, fourth and being like, I, I think I know who the top three are, but maybe not. And then, like, make a decision there. And then I got to wait, like, what, seven picks till my next one, like, every yeah. time? I'm like, so much can happen. Like, yeah. I, like I might as well just close my eyes until two picks before I'm supposed to go again. <laughs> so it's just like, I, just, that, I never want to be that. And I feel like that, I, I don't actually know the draft order, but I feel like I may have landed there this year. I think I got third this year. Near uh, second. second. Yep. That's right. Um, the other thing was, I, I the funniest story is I remember picking a horse. This was before I was trying to get last. Like, very, I, I think this after this year, I was like, it worked out. And so I'll just go for last now. But, like, I picked a horse, and I remember we were looking at the standings or, like, trying to find him. I was like, where the fuck did my horse finish? And, like, we looked, and it was like, got sick before the race, didn't run. I was like, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I I still remember it got sesamoiditis. I don't even know what that is anymore. I remember the name of it, though, because it sounded ridiculous. I was like, this is a fake disease that my horse just got. He threw that fucking race. Uh, They shot your Uh, horse, which means we got to kill your team. Wait, sorry, you're not. I was like, I was like what does this, this mean? Your horse is a fucking even work. Inflammation to tendons in the foot is apparently what sesamoiditis is, and that's why they don't even have feet. Fucking, <laughs> 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 fucking that, that's what it is in a person. So maybe maybe you just alter foot to hoof in a fucking horse. Um, but my my fucking horse got it, and I was like, you son of a bitch! Like I didn't, I didn't even get the race. I, I this got is it. the first registered case of that in a horse. <laughs> Oh Jesus! But uh, yeah. So I usually go for those. Um, the uh, because we already talked about wide receiver, running back. Just to hit it kind of quick. Um, yeah. Tight end, we're a consensus yes. here. Yes, uh, Kelsey. We both Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yeah, I, I, think... I almost put uh, George Kittle. Um, I think he's just so good that I think even with Garoppolo or uh, what's his name Trey Lance, I think he'll be great. But of course, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like you were saying with Tyree Kill, if you have Patrick Mahomes, it's like you know you just gotta. It... You know, it's like a no-brainer, right? You just right. And the thing is, is the much like maybe not much like unlike the gap. I said like it was Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and then a gap. I feel like tight ends are kind of this weird thing where like someone like Travis Kelsey can be like blatantly the best tight end, but there's gonna be like a couple random tight ends that just like overperform, and not just like once or twice, but like all year. And you're like, I guess. Like, like and it's weird because, like, yeah. even in the moment, you'll be like, no, nah, still Travis Kelsey. But, like, then, like, my tight end is only scoring, like, three points less for the rest of the year. I think it was two years ago I had Mark Andrews, who was the I was just going to say that. I was just going to say Mark Andrews, yep. Like, yep. two years ago, I think I had Mark Andrews the year he, like, blew up. I think last year he yes. didn't have as good of a year. Because um, I don't think anybody on the Ravens did. But, like, I think it was two years ago I picked him up <clears throat> late. I think it was, like, my second tight end. I think I can't remember who I picked first, but I, I I think he was my second tight end I had drafted, 
and like all of a sudden he started just popping off and I was like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> like he was like second and to, like, he was like either in between or just right there with like Kelsey and Kittle. And I'm yeah. Like, I remember right, that. Well, yeah, Cause I was like, set. who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> right. He's like, just all of a sudden he was dropping like 20 points on people as a tight end. And I was like, yeah, look at me go. I knew what I was doing. I said, as he was <laughs> my second tight end pick. I mean, like I said, you know, I picked up, what's his name, uh, both Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes in, like, the seasons that they broke out. And I was like, well, I, everybody needs a backup. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah. the point is you drafted him, and that's exactly. what matters. So, um, <clears throat> that's the fantasy football uh, little preview. Uh, we'll yeah. be, be interested to see who, who ever picks uh, with the first pick and then who I pick with the second. It'll be an interesting Ezekiel Elliott, dude. Hard knocks Ezekiel Elliott. Man. <laughs> Hard knocks. That's the one best shape he, of his he's life. He's in the best shape of his life. <laughs> I think he just should. Fuck it. He didn't. He didn't yank some girl's top down and what Mardi Gras or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not talk to me like he's that Zeke from four years ago. He's in a higher place. <laughs> Bro, why? Why are? Why are star players like just absolute like memes? Like you got uh, Dak Prescott getting stomped out, and then you got fucking Zeke just being <laughs> absolute garbage dump. And C.D. Lamb with his girlfriend taking his phone on draft night. Do you remember that? I, I did not. What, what so was that? On draft night, he they, it, it was draft. So it was before it was COVID time. So it was just, it was all home. He was at home. Right. And then like they have a camera in his apartment, and he gets drafted, and he's just like sm- looking goofy, like smiling goofy on the couch, and then his girlfriend starts to take his phone, and he like grabs it out of her hand, like viciously, and, like puts <laughs> it down on his lap. Or I'll send you the clip afterward. But he, oh, he that's was, amazing. yeah, um. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I'm ex- I mean I'm excited. I'm so excited. I you know, I'm I, I love, you know, fantasy and 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 just football in general, so. Yeah. So um we'll we'll hit actually let's just hit both of these but like super quick hits, all right? Okay. Yeah. So, Scarlett Johansson sued Disney. Yes. Um so I from what I read, the big thing is that her contract apparently said these were the words used, exclusive theatrical release. She was guaranteed an exclusive theatrical release. And I feel like that probably meant exclusive as in, like, a movie just for her. But I feel like the wording then left it available to the fact that, like, Disney was like, we'll put it on streaming platforms. And she was like, uh! <laughs> And so... The lawyer was like, put in a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think... and I, Well, both of these stories, I think, are so interesting because both of them are like, dude, you, all you had to do was just really think about it. And mm-hmm. I think in the, in the first story, I think it's Disney. It's like, dude, like... What did you think was going to happen, right? Because, and, uh, so, well, I've seen some people say, like, wow, Scarlett Johansson, what is she suing for? She's already a millionaire, right? Like, what does she need more money for? And it's like... In comparison to Disney? Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> yeah, well, well, and then another thing, two, two things. One, you can't make an agreement with somebody and then go, yikes, and do, like, the hand pull, slick back your hair thing, right? Like, you can't... Right. Like, your rules are rules. And then two... I, no matter how shitty the person is, well, unless they're, like, really, really shitty, right? Like, I'm not gonna be, like, <laughs> really, but anyway, unless they're, like, super shitty, I will always side with a person compared to a faceless corporation. Always. Right. Right? And, like, Scarlett Johansson, I mean, she's not bad, but she, like, puts her foot in her mouth from time to time, right? And so, oh, I'm on I'm <laughs> on her side on this, right? Like, I just, like, right. you can't be fucking, and Disney's like, how dare she? In this time of crisis, there's COVID cases arising. How dare she use this as an excuse to sue us when Disney has been making employees work since last July before there was even a vaccine? <laughs> right. That's my thing. It's like, she's already a millionaire, and it's like, yeah, and Walt Disney's worth way more than that and they're trying to screw me absolutely right. not like 
And Scarlett wasn't the one that was like, no, I'm not promoting a fucking movie. Or like, no, I'm not, you know, like, she was. It's not like she sued some mom and pop theater for not properly promoting a movie. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yes, yes. I was told that I would be have a a 10 foot stand in and this shit's nine and a half. What the fuck? (laughs) No, she's going after Walt Disney. Like, who the fuck do I care if Walt Disney loses his fucking lawsuit? Right. And the thing is, like, all they had to do was just. Not like, you know, kind of our next story is just think about it and be like, well, you know, this is sort of a breach of contract. Let's just put it in theaters for 30 days. And then 30 days later, we'll put it on Disney Plus. Right. Right. No, you know, and, and you know, I wonder if they just the... saw all these other places doing it and getting away with it. Because didn't that happen? Like, uh, weren't. There was well, H- yeah, Dune, HBO. Right? Like, well, yeah, so when they the switched whole... the shit up, people were pissed. But I think they sne- they sneakily paid off everybody. Right. Like they were like, no, just throw money at it, shut them up, let's get this on the road. And I think Disney did not do that. <laughs> and now it's probably because they're like, them. we're Disney, we don't need to. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> Disney. What is Scott? What is it? It's the ultimate. Like, what are you gonna do? Stab me? Right? Like, <laughs> man, who was dead? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Sue me? What are you gonna do? Sue me? <laughs> And so, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I think they'll probably settle. They'll probably give her, like, $20 million to go away and not play Blackwood anymore and just, you know, have this swept under the rug. But I think it's interesting because it, it goes, like, you know, these corporations or, like, something like Disney goes, oh, yeah, those countries we signed? Yeah. How about I just don't agree to right. them? Right? And they just think that they can just get away with it and be like, Disney Plus is going to, you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. They're just, everybody's going to roll with it. And Scarlett was like, actually... I don't need y'all anymore, so yeah, let me right. call my lawyer. Exactly. Um, so there's that, and then the yeah. last thing is wh- fucking uh, what is it? There Dennis will be Schroeder. there will be blood. Like, look what they did to my boy. <laughs> oh yes. Oh my god. No, it was uh, um the Godfather. Oh, the Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look how they, they massacred my boy. My boy. <laughs> except except Dennis Schroeder isn't my fucking boy, but they did they got every last bit of his ass. Oh my god, dude! I I was telling Sydney this yesterday because I was like, so I, I sort of had been following the Dennis Shorter thing, be like he was like a free agent and he had asked for a bunch of money, but I, I wasn't really keeping up with it. And I read an article yesterday, so he played a uh, point guard right for yeah. the Lakers. They traded back. for him from yeah. the Thunder. That sounds correct. Yes. Yeah, they played for the Thunder. He they traded for him. He was going to be an, uh, a free agent this year, and so back in March, the Lakers offered him four years, eighty four million dollars, mm-hmm. and he said, "No, I'm going to try my luck at the end of the season and try to get a hundred million dollar contract from somebody." Right, mm-hmm. and so then now he still remains unsigned, mm-hmm. and all the money's drying up from all the contracts that everybody's been signing that we talked about last week. Right, and he got an offer Y'all, for my man Evan Fournier got fucking bank from the Knicks. Yeah, and he wanted dude. Evan Fournier money, <laughs> and instead he's getting one year. I love the idea that Dennis Schroeder wanting Evan Fournier money is just completely <laughs> out of the fucking question now. <laughs> he wants that Stephen Adams money. Uh, one year, five point nine million dollars from the Celtics in offer. Woo! Yo, my bro. man, my man is on suicide watch. He has to be, bro. Dude, he's on retirement watch. Because if that, and, and not, right, here's not, you know. if that, if if that's the best offer I had gotten as 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 Dennis Schroeder, just retire. You got to retire. Like I don't know what your money situation looks like. You just got to retire. You can't take an L that bad. Like you can't. <laughs> how? It, and the thing is, it's he didn't even get injured, did he? No, no, he just. Uh, I, I, and, and, and oh, he just didn't brother. play well. I mean, I think he averaged like, like fourteen seven and seven. Like he was just like, Whew. 
fine. And this is another thing that kind of how we were talking about last week, where like some dudes get like these FN40, massive, four years, 100 mil. And then some other dudes get like two years, nine mil. Like, what's his name? Uh, the guy from the Bucks. And you go, wait, so where does this discrepancy lead to? Because I feel like they're both like integral to their teams right so like well maybe you know we don't know the ins and outs like specifically right yeah. so but i feel like you know a guy who's a solid point guard who could be a backup like um who's the guy who was just playing uh for the suns he used to play for the campaign right campaign got like i think like nine mil or 15 mil oh yeah right and i feel like this guy's better and he gets one year five mil it's like dude like and i know and now all the teams and maybe be like, he's not no. better you know what i mean it's, it's hard to say like at some point right. But yeah, dude, I, I, and I've seen all the, um, you know, people on Twitter are like, you know, I hate to see when a guy bets on himself and loses, <laughs> um, you know, like a guy like, like Giannis, he bet on himself. He's like, I'm going to sign here and he wins a championship. Um, but this is like, you know, this joins like Nerland's Noel in terms of just like, bro. And, and, this, and I think it was Dragonfly Jones on Twitter who was like, dude, you turned down 80 mil in LA with LeBron and AD. Like and and this is what you get, bro. One year in Boston, and I'm sure Boston's a nice city. I'm sure it's fine, but come on, you're gonna be in Boston, cold, on a team with a bunch of young people. Who, I, I don't know, like I don't even know if they like each other anymore. Whew, that's gonna be passed up seventy nine million. Every day he gets out of his car to go into the practice facility, and he's fucking freezing his ass off the moment he steps out of his car. He's gonna. Be, the cold is just an extra layer of fuck you to this, right? Like, right. And it's just... like, it, you know how people go like, oh, you know, I, I'm having a good day. And then I remembered something embarrassing that I said in elementary school or in high school or something. Really? Imagine that being $80 million worth. Right? <laughs> Dude, you'll be having breakfast, <laughs> eating waffles, and then just like, just bite your lip. Really every every time you go out you know, and the bill comes in, you're like, <laughs> Damn it! Uh, yeah, you're gonna start like you know putting away your forks and then start squeezing the knife until you start bleeding because you can't stop thinking about it. And then you look down your hand like, oh shit, how did that happen? Oh, I blacked out. Um, <laughs> I blacked out of pure anger and guilt and shame. Oh god! And the thing is, you know, standing and, and in those situations. Ring. For people, you know, the, the, it's internal, right? Like, you don't, people don't know, like, that you did that. And, or maybe you, like, lost a lottery ticket that was $10,000, you know, but nobody knows, right? It's just your family. This literally the whole world knows. Everyone, every time they see Dennis Schroeder, yo, he's gonna, he's gonna be at, like, a restaurant. And he's gonna look over people just, like, turning away, just shaking their head. Like, he's, he's gonna look, I fucked up. I fucked <laughs> this up. This dude passed up, up 70 mil. <laughs> I fucked up, okay? I, fuck, I, I already told you, I fucked up. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Dennis Schroeder. Uh, it, it, he goofed it. Just and it, 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 it right, and like I would absolutely play basketball for six mil, right? Like who wouldn't? But it's just it's just like what you oh, could have had. Me bro. right now with the money I have right now would pay would play basketball for six mil would completely change my life, right? Right. Still yes. Still be absolutely devastated if not four months ago. I had a chance to make any four mil. Like this would just unbelievably change my life and still just be 
like it would not matter anytime I thought about the fact that it could have been eighty four mil. Right? Oh. Like like I would have just been like, Oh god. <laughs> oh god. There's no way like, he doesn't go to sleep every night crying, biting a pillow. Just <laughs> Right. Like like I'd pay off my house, get whatever fucking vehicle I want, and then still at the end of the day just be like, Oh, could have had eighty more mil. <laughs> god damn it. Oh, that's uh, insane. I'm getting paid like a fucking NFL running back. Disgusting. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Uh, fucking Todd Gurley said he would pay for my lunch, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Even Evan Fournier got <laughs> Evan Fournier, and his hairline's all fucked up. <laughs> I can't even get Fournier money. He's only good in the Olympics. Oh God! Oh God! I mean, yeah. It just, yeah. Both of these stories, I think, it, they're connected in that the per, like the. For both situations, you just have to be like, bro, what did you think was going to happen? And now that it has, I'm so sorry. And like, a, like that fucking sucks. Right. The toughest of titties. <laughs> the toughest of titties. That's going to be the name of this episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, that's the episode. Um, if you want to catch me, you can catch me at Moneybags on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at EverCastro92 on Instagram. If you want to catch the podcast directly, you can catch us at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter, or email us directly Different Animals Podcast at gmail.com. Um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later. Peace.